Untitled Audio. Episode 1, Should Old Acquaintance Be Forgot? On your left, the glorious Gothic architecture of the Copley Trinity Church. On your right, the famous Boston Public Library. And between them, the Grand Dam of Boston Hotels, the Fairmont Copley, where presidents from Taft to FDI have stayed. What do you say, folks? Quack, quack. Quack, 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 quack. quack. Oh, quack, quack yourselves. <laughs> have a good tour, folks. Enjoy my city. <laughs> We're so thrilled you've agreed to be interviewed for our Women of World War II feature, Ms. Johansson. But are you sure you wouldn't want to sit inside? Somewhere quieter? Oh, no thank you, Miss Eden. My hearing's fine. And I like being in the center of the action. In that case, we're rolling. Which means I'm recording. I'm well aware of what it means to be recording. Of course you are. Sorry, it's not every day you interview a legend. Oh my, I'm a legend now. The voice of the greatest generation? Absolutely. Uh, well, flattery will get you everywhere. <laughs> and we're here to talk about how you got your start, which was right here at the Fairmont Copley Hotel. Isn't that true? Yes, sort of. Sort of? The Fairmont played a huge role in what happened to me. But the real story started before that. In 1943, at the Duxbury Mansion, well, not three blocks from here. Step lively now. Only three hours until the Duxbury's New Year's guests arrive. How's that? No, higher. Huh? How about that? No, that's too high. Oh, Ed, I raised it half an inch. What are you talking about too high? Well, lower it a quarter. Enough squabbling, you two. Get that chandelier in place. And most importantly, secure it so it doesn't fall on the guests. Hello? Twelve cases of Tattinger here. For a Mrs. Crotch. Jesus, Mary and Joseph, it's Mrs. Crotch. Don't get your knickers in a twist, ma'am. Yeah, songbird, eh? Give us a tune. Never mind your flirting, you illiterate. Bring the champagne through the delivery entrance in the alley. How are you coming with the Silver Liberty? Almost done, ma'am. Good. And you've a beautiful voice, to be sure. But could you try to avoid seducing every delivery man with it? We've spoken of this before. I'm sorry, ma'am. I'm not even aware I'm singing. I know. Just keep it in the back rooms, dear. Yes, ma'am. Get scolded by old Tatey Pants Koch again, did you? How can you tell? 
I can always tell by your face, child. Your blood's red as an apple. Come help me fold these napkins into swans. Why the rich want their linens folded into all manner of zoo animals, I will never understand. It will be giraffes next. What's a giraffe? Heavens, child. Have you never been to the Franklin Park Zoo? No. My mama always meant to take me, but we were always too busy working. Aye, yeah, mama. Such a lovely woman she was. Such a shame. And the drunk who ran her over like a dog in the street never found. I don't remember her very much anymore. Do you suppose that's a sin? No, Jerry. She remembers you. She's watching over you. And she gave you two blessings before she departed. Brought you to this country from the old one. And gave you your voice. Oh, she didn't give it to me. She said she never knew where it came from. That none of the Johansons had it. But she did encourage me to use it. She called me her sanglerke. That's a bird, I'm guessing. Yes, a Norwegian songbird. A skylark. On her deathbed, she said, Little sanglerke, no matter what happens, you raise your voice true. That's enough now. You're bringing tears to my eyes. The guests are arriving. Double time for cocktail hour. Yes, yes ma'am. Yeah, it's wonderful to see you. God help us if we're caught spying from the pantry. But I love seeing them all come in. Everyone who's anyone in the city, so tis. Look, Libby, tis the mayor. Those gowns, all like the picture shows. And I've never seen so much fur in my life. See, you needn't go to the zoo after all. Heaven's child, look, tis the governor and his wife. Who's that coming in behind them? The dashing gentleman with the top hat? You mean the dapper Dan with the spectacles? He looks so genteel, yet twinkly as though he has a secret. I'd have thought you'd be more interested in the young buck coming in behind him, the one with the face like a matinee idol. He is handsome, but not my taste. Wise girl. That's Teddy Winthrop, the governor's son. I hear he's gotten into the knickers of every debutant in the state. Becca! Well, it is true. Come, child, pick your jaw up off the floor and get a move on. The hors d'oeuvres won't plate themselves. Step lively now. Colin, make sure Mr. Duxbury doesn't drink too much tonight. Water his whiskey, or we'll be cleaning his supper out of the potted palms. Yes, Yes, ma'am. Rebecca, dinner service must run like a Swiss watch. Yes, ma'am. And Liberty... Where's Liberty? Here, ma'am. That useless creature Elizabeth just went home with a migraine, so you're serving in the ballroom tonight. Ma'am? Are you sure? Are you questioning my judgment, young lady? No, ma'am. It's just I'm usually back here in the kitchen, We've no time for this. Pinch your cheeks, straighten your cap, and get into the drawing room. (laughs) (laughs) Oysters Wellington? Sir? Madam? Puff pastry? I'm feeling a lot better with I and Ike on the scene. If anyone's gonna lick Jerry, it's Eisenhower. It's true. It's true. Plus, the Reds took Stalingrad and uh, Mussolini's on the run. I'm starting to like our chances. You're both fools. 
Hitler's a steamroller. You get complacent, you flat. What kind of yellow talk is that? I'm just saying, there's a time for optimism and there's a time for realism. This is no time for rose-colored glasses. <laughs> Listen here. That's not... That is... We <laughs> will not have that kind of unpatriotic talk in I my presence. Wait, I'll take an oyster, waitress. Or... Are you a chorus girl? Oh, no. Was I doing it again? I'm terribly sorry, sir. For what? Singing. I'm not supposed to. Says who? It's charming. Like the rest of you. Uh... I... Puff pastry? I'll take whatever you're offering. I'm Teddy Winthrop. I'm aware, sir. My champagne's rather depleted, wouldn't you say? Let's see when I hit the bar, chorus girl. Oh, I'm not allowed to... Where are you going? I'll fetch you a fresh drink, sir. Excuse me. Heavens. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> oh, sir, I'm awfully sorry. How clumsy of me. It's quite all right, my dear. I've had many a drink thrown on me before. I didn't mean to... A nice change of pace. That it was inadvertent and mutual. You're splashed as well, my dear. Here, take my pocket square. Oh, I couldn't. You can, and you must. I insist. That's ever so kind of you. Not at all. It's the least I can do for you since you got me out of a conversation with that eternal war, Governor Winthrop. <laughs> like father, like son, hmm? <laughs> yeah. Francis! What a surprise to see you here, old chap. What brings you down from Mount Olympus? And by which I mean that old stone pile of yours in Albany. Top secret mission from the president. If I told you, I'd have to kill you. No. Really? Yes, really. Pretty cloak and dagger for a composer. Are you allowed to disclose where you're staying? With the Abbots? The Winthrop's? Neither. I'm sequestered at the Fairmont Copley. Sir? Par pardon, your handkerchief? Please, keep it. What is your name? Liberty. No, really. Yes, really, sir. My mother had me just as our ship came into Boston Harbor, so that's the name she gave me. How charming. The world could use a little more liberty right now. I'm Francis. Francis Key. Pleased to make your acquaintance, sir. Francis. I insist every young woman who throws a drink on me call me by my given name. Very well, Francis. May I offer you an oyster? Liberty! What were you doing talking with Mr. Key? Can I entrust you with nothing? You have one job, Liberty. Serve food. No singing, no talking to the guests. Do you understand? Yes, ma'am. Especially not one with the status of Mr. Key. Bad enough you caught the attention of that Winthrop boy, but Mr. Key, why, he's a distant cousin of the president himself. Did you know that? No, ma'am. Yes, and a direct descendant of Francis Scott Key, hence his name. He's a very famous composer. You wouldn't have been trying to get his attention for that reason, would you now? No, ma'am. I knew nothing of his musical interests. Very well. You're relieved of serving duty. You may resume your kitchen chores, would you? Yes, ma'am. You may start by taking the garbage to the alley. When the clouds roll by, I'll call. 
come to you. Mr. Winthrop, what are you doing out here? Are you lost? Not at all. Came out for some air. A lot of fuddy-daddies in there. All war talk. When the interesting company's out here. Care for a cigarette? Oh, no thank you, sir. I don't smoke. Protecting the pipes, eh? No, I just never took to it. Because you're such a good girl. Pardon? Nobody who looks and sounds like you could be a good girl. Please excuse me, sir. I need to get back in and tend to the guests. I'm a guest. I'm your job. At least give us a little tune. I really do have to get back. A few notes. Old Lang Syne. Sir. You know, you look awfully cold. Your cheeks are all red. Let me warm you up. No, sir. No, thank you. I can't. Why not? Don't tell me you're saving it for some doughboy at the front. Actually... It's bad luck to start the new year without a kiss. On the cheek, you can do better. Happy New Year, sir. There she is. Girl, what have you been up to? Your cheeks are as red as St. Nick's suit. Come, give us a song. Put them to shame out there. Come on, Libby. Mrs. Koch, may I? If you must. Should old acquaintance be forgot and days of old Lang Syne? For old Lang Syne, my dear, for old Lang Syne, we'll take a cup of kindness yet for old Lang Syne. Every year I'm amazed these old knees of mine can make it up four flights of stairs. <laughs> Good night, child. Good night, Rebecca. Happy New Year. Same to you. Thank you for blessing the start of it with your song. <sighs> oh, I'll get four hours sleep if I'm lucky. Becca? Who's Becca? Oh, Mr. Winthrop. Yeah, I've been thinking. That little peck on the cheek you gave me, that's no New Year's kiss. Sir, this is my bedroom. My private quarters. Please leave. This is bad luck. For both of us. I mean it. Please go. You don't want to start 1943 off with bad luck, do you? <laughs> Come here. Don't touch me! Teddy, no! Oh, you bitch, my eye. I'll take out the oh. other one if you don't leave. And worse. My mama taught me a whole bucket full of tricks. Oh, you'll regret this. I doubt it. Get out! Who is it? What do you want? It's me. heavens, child. Are you rearranging the furniture? What's gotten into you? I had a bad dream. I wish. Mrs. D wants to see you in the parlour. Now? But it's so early. She's got her knickers in a twist about something. I've got something to tell her as well. 
Ah, Liberty. There you are. Please come in. And would you mind pulling that curtain? The sun is so bright in here in the mornings in my head. Yes, ma'am. May I get you something, ma'am? Coffee, tea, bromo seltzer? Oh. I believe you know our guest, Teddy Winthrop. Oh, she knows. Sir, I didn't see you there in the shadows. Liberty, I'm afraid I've summoned you here, not for breakfast service, but on a more serious matter. I believe you owe Mr. Winthrop a profound apology. Ma'am, I don't know what you mean. I told you she'd deny it, Lucinda. Liberty, come now. You've always been an honest girl. It'll be much easier for all of us if you confess to what you did. You mean his eye? But I had to. (laughs) You should see the other guy. By which I mean the door I walked into after all that bubbly. You know my shiner's not what she's talking about, girl. Mrs. Duxbury, I've something I must tell you. It's too early in the morning for this. Liberty, tell us where they are, and we won't call the constable. Ma'am? My cufflinks, you little thief. And my grandfather's pocket watch. Yes, Liberty, his cufflinks. And watch. Turn them over and we can avoid some unpleasantness. I don't have them, ma'am. I told you. Call the constable. Liberty, tell the truth. Very well, ma'am. The truth... The truth is this gentleman tried to force himself on me last night in my chambers. (laughs) That is ridiculous. I am the most eligible bachelor in Boston. Why would I ever touch a gutter snipe like you? Teddy, would you give us a moment, please? Make sure she gets the punishment she deserves. Of course. You can't believe him, Mrs. Duxbury. Begging your pardon, ma'am, but you've known me since I was a little girl. You know I'm honest. I never... He tried to... Liberty, calm yourself. I believe you. You do? Yes. Of course. The problem is, you see, it's not a matter of truth... It's a matter of appearances. Teddy is the son of the governor, and the Winthrops and the Duxburys have been friends since we landed on Plymouth Rock. Do you see what I'm saying? Ma'am. No, ma'am. Let me be blunt with you, Liberty. That boy is a wretch. He always has been. He always will be. And you are a cherished member of our household. That is why it pains me so much to do this. Ma'am? I'm afraid we have to let you go. You're firing me? Please, try not to see it that way. We'll provide you with the very best recommendation. But this is the only home I've ever known. Since my mother brought me here as a toddler, where shall I go? What shall I do? You're a very competent chambermaid, dear. As I said, we'll provide you with a glowing letter of introduction. I've rung for Charles the footman, and once you pack your bags, he'll help you out with them. Oh, hell, Vetter. It's cold out here. Happy New Year to me. Maybe I should have kissed him after all. But no. Never. I'll find a place. Somehow.
This is Jane Green. If you have questions for us about the key of love or have any comments on the podcast, we'd love to hear from you. Please email us at keyoflove at emeraldaudio.net. Again, that's keyoflove at emeraldaudio.net. Find us on Facebook and Instagram at Emerald Audio Network. The Key of Love is a production of Emerald Audio in association with Gemini 13. Based on a story by Jenna Blum, written by Jenna Blum and Tommy Lombardi. Produced and directed by Garrett Scott for Real Jetpacks Productions. Original music by Dan Lipton. Featuring the voices of Dan Bittner, Orla Cassidy, Lauren DeLamos, Jessica DiGiovanni, Cynthia Farrell, Sean Gormley, Evan Hall, Brandon McInnes, Louis Moreno, Ruby Rakos, Beckett Royce, Jonathan Sale, Kate Wyman, and John Strajewski. Sound design, mixing, and mastering by Paul Goodrich. Sound editing by Justin Kilpatrick. Executive producers, Jane Green, Spencer Brown, and Mark Francis. Our head of marketing is Erica Farmer. With special thanks to Greg Norton, Charles Steinhauer, Scott Waxman, and Jacob Bronstein.